Welcome to Lifelines, a poem to save the day, every day for 40 days. My name is Martin Rowe, and in these short episodes, a poet reads one of their poems and talks a little about it. An awakening, perhaps, a prayer, a lifeline to take you through a day, or send you into a night. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. Today, our poet is Podrego Tuma. Patient Notes Here's the thing, while I have my asthma under control and my sleeping is no worse than usual, I'm still near the uig. That's the word for grave in Irish, and it's also part of the word for loneliness. I'm near one or the other or both. There was a time when my health was the only thing I talked about, and my friends from that time ask me now, and I remember that that was the person I was when health was a fear because pain was my first language. But what's really bothering me is the way I use the possessive when it comes to my asthma, my insomnia, my thinning hair, my symptoms. It makes me think I think I am these things. Am I? I wilt, therefore I am. If they are me, where will I go if I lose them? I remember when I learnt the word ontology, the study of the nature of being. If I am sad, is sad me? If sad is me, then what happens when someone treats my sadness? If we were all speaking Irish, we would say that sadness is on me. But we're not. Because when I was five, I asked where English came from, and my parents introduced me to star. If we all spoke Irish, we would say star instead of history. But we speak English, mostly. And so star is relegated to something we use to get up or down. Never a story. Did you know that I carry my people's history in my bones? People didn't believe me when I said that, but then people wrote about it and discovered what was already there, inherited in the blood, the bones, the DNA, the genomes, the chromosomes, like thinning curly hair, like weak lungs, like poetry, like insomnia. And it's all the rage now, that codified star story inside us. Once, when I was waiting on a trolley, I kept on trying to get up even though I knew I'd fall down, so they put an orderly to mind me. Well, he was there to restrain me, but I didn't mind. He was young, eager to be seen to be good with patience. I asked him how long his shift had been, and he said it was his first. After a bit of this and a bit of that, he told me he wasn't sure he'd come back for a second. I said, ah, son... I said it because I felt it, even though I don't have any sons. All of his need was raw in front of him, and my words out of my mouth were more surprising than anything else I heard that day. Turns out I was happy to wait with him. He had tattoos all over his skin, quotes and quotes from poems, stories written on the body like a skin scripture, just like all of us. When I asked the nurse her name, she said she shouldn't tell me, but she would, provided I stopped being a pain in her ass. You call me by mine, I said, and she said, I know. Then she said, swallow these, try to get some sleep. If you need anything, call me. Call you what, I said. Verity, she said. I tried to believe. Having my blood pressure taken, I noticed that the cuff was sponsored by Viagra. Nice sponsorship, I said. The nurse looked down. Keeps your arm straight, she said. Then she snorted. I can't believe I said that, she said. We must know each other from a different life. A different life. Sometimes that sounds nice. 
And another time, in another surgery room, a doctor noticed I was reading a book of poems by Emily Dickinson. I always hated her, the doctor said. I said that I never understand her, that's why I love her. Are you a poet, she said. I used to be, she said. Where's the poet now? I said, lost. Then she said, what rhymes with lost? I said, frost. Then I said, tossed, provost, accost, crisscross, holocaust. She looked at me. You forgot to say cost, she said. Pull up your shirt. Let me listen to your heart. On my way home, I wrote rhymes in the back of my hand with a biro I found in the bottom of my bag. All of this time, and I've not told you what I do. I'm a business owner. Ontology again. I'm a nurse. I'm a banker. I'm a shelf stacker. I'm an orderly. I'm a failure at the plans other people had for me. Verity means truth, so here's some. Sometimes, on rare occasions, I know I am a small corner of the world that involves love and poetry and breathing and rest and friendships and late night curries made from scratch, washed down with bubbles and conversation. Most of the time, I'm just a man in front of a computer and the feeling kills me. Once at dinner, I met a man who fitted blinds. Around the table was a bishop, a poet, a teacher and the man who fitted blinds. Nobody had more light than the man who knew how to keep the light out. I don't remember his questions. I do remember his curiosity. His world was one of wonder, and wonder was the quality of his walking and his watching. Where did he find all the wonder in his small life? Back in the waiting room, a little boy sitting next to me with a woman next to him. Sitting with my book of poems, I feel a touch in my hand. Mister, he says. Where is your pain? I look at the woman to see if she has something to say, some way of saving me from the story I don't want to tell but need to tell. The woman flushes. She opens her mouth. Then she stops. She seems to decide. She looks at me. She waits. I look at her. I look at him. Mine's in my heart, he says, moving his hand from touching mine to touching his small torso. Mine too, I say, listening to the roar of my blood. When did you last have sex? The doctor asks. Then she smiles. It's not an offer, just a question. This morning, I say, blushing. Mornings are good for love and touch, she says. Keep it up. Treatment, treat, treating. Let's begin your treatment, the doctor said to me. I said to him that the treatment began with a man who didn't believe in verity. I could tell you what I mean, but if you don't know, then I don't know. If you know, then I know too. Sweets for the young, sours for the sad. Treats for some, treat the rest. Last story. Lie back, the doctor said. I felt his cold hands pressing my stomach. Sorry they're cold, he said. He kept pressing. When he pressed near my belt, it happened. A memory hidden in the muscle flooded me and I am frightened, shocked, spasming, tense, afraid, lonely. Something I hadn't remembered that I remembered is remembered in my body and my body is my brain now and my body has remembered. The doctor looks at me. He knows. He has heard my body too. He's quiet. He has stopped pressing. He looks me in the eye. Would you like a glass of water? Anything, I say. Anything.
This poem came as a response to an invitation from a nursing journal to write a piece about the kinds of conversations that happen between patients and uh, medics. A person speaking to an orderly, a person speaking to a nurse, a person speaking to a doctor. And so I went into my own story and stories of other people and allowed those stories to just be present in an overlapping way. Um, the idea being of the, that the dignity of the patient and the dignity of the person listening to the patient meets and something new is created in the space between the two. Find all episodes of Lifelines, Season 1 and Season 2, at lifelines-book.com. That's where you'll also find more on our poets and their poems, and on Lifelines the Book, a collection of notes on life and love and faith and doubt. As well as our poets, this podcast is giving thanks to Malcolm Doney and to Rick Lee for making the music and editing each episode, and to you for tuning in. <laughs>